You better clutch your nuts, honey, because it's time for Squirrel Talk. Welcome back, squirrels. It is a new dawn, a new day. We're on episode two of Drag Race Down Under, and this podcast that you're listening to right now has been nominated for a Canadian Podcast Award for um, Outstanding Television and Film um, Series. So if you are a fellow podcaster, I would love for you to go to canpodawards.ca slash vote and find us in that category and vote for us for Outstanding Film and Television Series for Squirrel Talk, please. Um, because Sonar is an excellent network that we are part of, and many of our other fellow shows are nominated, such as the Bedpost Podcast, One More Round, Rice. There's some great shows. Go check them all out. Nostalgique. And uh, I'm nominated, well, we're nominated with, uh, of course, our former host, Vicky Licks, and our current host, Hillary Hughes! No, Hillary Ass. Jesus Christ. Hey, it's me, Nikki Nasralla, circa 2010, when I still was cool. Okay. Nikki Nasralla is also <laughs> known as Selena Vile before drag happened. Hey, guys, just with my cat, Jojo Robobo Cosmetics. So for anybody who can't see, because this is a podcast and not a visual medium, Hillary showed up today <laughs> dressed up as me. Uh, she's saying 2010, but it's more 2011. Yeah. Um, girls, oh. girls, squirrels, if you want to see this look, check out my Insta. I have a full little video parody I have put together for y'all. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Please go check out Hillary Yes on Instagram. You can also follow along on our podcast uh, Instagram, Squirrel which Talk is podcast. Squirrel Talk. That's it. Squirrel Talk Podcast. Uh, go check us out. We'll put the video up there as well, because it's better when you're upset about something to divide the traffic between two platforms. <laughs> So that she doesn't get all the views. <laughs> but you understand why I'm I'm dressed as a celebrity today, and I and you should be honored because I consider you a celebrity girl. Can you tell me what you, what uh, your best work has been? My my best work. Well, yeah. I am a I am a Canadian accor- accordion winner award <laughs> for accordions, a comic accordion playing. I I've taught uh, ba- uh, um, a, a dance class called uh-huh. Shakira Shakiraography. Okay, and right, uh, I I very good at shaking my <laughs> hips. I made a lot of money Those teaching people Shakira. Yeah, dances. I I believe in you, and I'm very. And happy what else that did I do? Up- I I have I'm a I'm a legend icon star. I've been in the business for over 25 years. I don't this- look a day over four. So. And listen, I know you're reading me right now, but this is all just truths. So um, <laughs> thank you so much for dressing up as me. You're killing me right now with this look. I can't wait for people to see but, it. But you know why I did this? Because it's none other than Snatch Game. Snatch Game. We got Whoa! right into it. Episode two. And listen, here to help us cover Drag Race Down Under Snatch Game. You may have heard the giggle during Hillary's <laughs> being a monster to me. Uh, we have from down under not like nationally but like lived there for a long time and is now finally back in canada and we're so happy to have them back here you mean like they're from a hole in the ground or something 
Yeah, down under, down under oh, your um, internationally your known gopher, uh, the one and only <laughs> Weird, weird Alice <laughs> Yankadish. Hello. hello, hello, Weird Alice. Welcome to the podcast. It's your, it's not your first time here. It's not my first time here. I was on not last season, but one of the earlier seasons. One of the early back when we could do it. Back when we were recording these in person. That's true. Yeah. Um, so you've been back in Canada for a while. How do you feel being here instead of there? Well, in here instead of there means I am stuck inside my house, where yep. if I was in Australia up until recently, I also would have been stuck inside my house. Hey. So uh, um, it's it's interesting. I'm glad to be back. Uh, yeah. ne- <laughs> didn't plan to need a break from, from Australian drag, but I'm taking it, and uh, I get to watch people that I know very well on my TV um, for the second year in a row now, because last year was Canada's Drag Race. And That's it's right. Equally as surreal. I love that. You're like a cross board. So you know the Canadian girls, some of them, of course, like more Toronto-centric, I assume. Mm-hmm. And you know some Australian girls. What? Where specifically in Australia were you? I was in Melbourne, so Melbourne. I was. Oh, Melbourne! I like that you I say it with the accent. accent yes, you have to say it with Melbourne? the accent. Melbourne. That's the name of it. It's Mel- Melbourne. <laughs> I feel so basic now. <laughs> but yeah, I was living. I was living in Melbourne for about three years and uh, got into their drag scene pretty quickly. Amazing. And yeah, you were uh, telling me that it's kind of like there's like a strip. Like there's like. All the bars are right there, and then you can hop from one to the other and do multiple shows a night. There, and they so there is a strip off all kind their clothes. of. That's we it. do strip off Naked. all our clothes. It's very common. It's hot Sorry. there. Go ahead, continue what you. <laughs> no, that's okay. <laughs> but yeah, it's kind of not Church Street vibes. That there's two kind of neighborhoods, but one is Smith Street, and Ooh, I live a around very good the corner. Name. Is yeah. it named after John, the famous John? It is probably named after some dead white guy. <laughs> okay, yeah. sorry. So. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, we're <laughs> talking about Australia. We're talking about Australia. One of the, you know, anyway. Yeah, it was so, definitely yeah. named for a colonizer. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. But yeah, there's a few bars along that one. There's the 86, which is where Honcho Disco used to be housed. There's Molly's and Circuit, which are kind of above each other. There's a newer one, which is Rainbow House Club. And like, it's just all, they're all right there. And Thursday nights was when all of the shows happened. Mm. And so you would, you would show hop between the different gigs. It's everybody up and down the street. Are you getting FOMO knowing that over there, they're like back up and at them? If I get one more text of somebody being like, when are you coming back? We're doing shows. We miss you. Like I may actually just murder somebody. Aww. And you have this as evidence. Do you have <laughs> plans to go back? <clears throat> I had plans to go back originally, and now, like, I'll go back at some point to visit, but I don't know if I'm moving back. Right. I think I'm doing a lot of stuff community-based here with my own, like, with the queer indigenous community here, that I'm like, I think that's what I've got to focus on. Yeah, you actually have a brand new position that's like, like your dream, I don't know if it's your dream job, but it's something you're definitely meant to be doing. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? (laughs) Yeah, it's it's not like a dream job in the sense that like I hate working for people, but I love working for this organization. Mm-hmm. I am in my uh, human life, um, the currently doing some pride and arts coordination for two spirited people of the First Nations. Amazing. So I'm working, making sure that queer and two spirit Indigenous performers are getting getting gigs and opportunities and getting paid to do some cool stuff. Yeah. So just helping them make their art 
and it's I've been helping people make some pretty cool stuff like behind the scenes just like organizing it like not in everything just like making sure that it's all set up and that's pretty cool I was doing similar stuff non-work wise over there with the um, First Nations drag community in Australia as well Mm -hmm. so it's it's nice that's, to kind of that's have that so connection. remarkable to me hearing especially about the relationship between the aboriginal community and um australia uh on the first episode of this show with jojo yeah. i'm devastated that uh, one, well, i that had JoJo my suspicions cast, i had my and... suspicions though you know like that it was similar kind of concept as to how we understand things in canada like stolen land blah, 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 but i just didn't have that understanding Mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's very same but different and yeah. so i'm glad jojo was on wished that she stayed on um yeah. she was the she was the one person i wanted to watch and so and now you're you hate know. watching now i'm <laughs> <laughs> now selena's trying to get me in trouble but i'm along for the ride <laughs> it's okay no more baiting no more baiting listen That's why don't we get into the episode absolutely it yes. is um it's drag race down under Season one, episode two. Um, we're getting right into it. So the girls come back into the workroom. We've just lost JoJo. Mm-hmm. Um, she left a wonderful mirror message that ended with, "Now clean this mirror, bitch." Yeah, that was <laughs> great. I mean, she was. I mean, she was as, as as sad as it is to go. She kept it sassy till the end, right? Like mm-hmm. she gave us great she, sound bites, great education right on the first episode. Yeah, yeah. Well, it would yeah. have been nice to see more for, from that, but, you know, I guess everyone, when you sign up for this kind of show, you got to get eliminated one day, most likely. I mean, ten, I'm nine sure out of there ten was, chance. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm sure there was some sort of limit to how many uh, foamies by Felma were allowed to be in the workroom, those foam wigs. Wait, and, oh, I see. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so, like, you know, we've, she had one in the first episode. Art had one on the runway in the first episode, although I believe Art made that one. She helps make a lot of the foamy wigs. Uh-huh. Um, they work together. And um, um, Anita, Ke- no, Kita. Kita, 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 Kita came out in the big pigtail one. Yeah. And so there had to be some sort of limit. They're like, one of you has to leave. There's too many foam wigs in this room. <laughs> that but would thought, be a I, great I mean, strategy. You, you have to talk to us about that. Because I mean, foam wigs are very popular there, aren't they? I mean, like, I see them a lot. Yeah, they're made by, uh, at least those specific ones are made by Film a Box. Okay. And she's based uh, just outside of Melbourne as well. Yeah. And she makes, like, I, I meant to order one from her at some point. And when I was talking to her, she was like, well, you better get on it soon. Because as of, you know, May, it's going to be impossible to get one from me. I'm like, that's a weird thing. So we've been talking about it for a long time. Uh-huh. And it's just the cost of shipping. And she's like, you'll see. And I was like, oh, is, is Filma on the show? And then I saw the entrance notes and I was like, all of Thelma's work is on the show yeah. and people are going to be reaching out to her and they should like they're they're the ha- the wig cap part of it is like custom fitted they yeah. they never lose their shape like why would you not want them right I want to yeah. get the most obnoxiously shaped one you know because I only wear small wigs of course you um, do only the tiniest <laughs> wigs for only the tiniest hours. of wigs <laughs> I I've uh, investigated into creating my own foam wigs because honestly foam wigs run you a lot of money to be honest like that because they're they're a project they're an art piece um so like I, I found this cool company called foam wig fun I can't remember who runs that I don't know if you're familiar with that but they he sent me these things to help me make it and I got a heat gun 
and I learned how to like make the little skull cap and then like glue it all and make all the curls. It was such a fun project, but making those skull caps to fit your head, that is that's ex- the part. That's an experience. That's hard. Did you have to make your <laughs> yeah. own when you did it, Hillary? You had to fit your own. Yeah, you wrap your head in saran wrap and then you tape your head in masking tape. And then you take that off and you cut it up and you use that as a pattern. It's um... And yeah, I know the foamy ones are all like fabric stitched on the inside too. So like, yeah, for extra they're stability. Very nice. they're and very that's nice. what you use to secure it to your head? Yeah, some sort of, some sort of cap that's form fitting because otherwise like it won't like, um, you know, it'll stick out wrong. It won't right. look like it's actually on your It'll head. also be more likely to fall off. Yeah. Right. Cool. Yeah. Because you can't really um, pin these things. Yeah. It's, so it's Electra who has to clean the mirror. Um, Hillary, I want to say you were right. Last week you said that this week we were going to see Art being real pressed about being not the winner. I <laughs> and told you, called you it. the steam was coming out of her ears. <laughs> that was wild to watch. That really just the reaction and the dirty looks across the room and even like Karen noticing it. Yeah. And it's... It makes me like I'm curious because they work together a lot because they're booked. They're kind of booked at the same level of things. Like right. yeah. there's some shows that they will alternate hosting where one week Art's the host and one week Karen's the host. Right, and, and they're kind of like the two from Melbourne who are internationally known. Like they have followings yeah. all over the world. Wow. Oh yeah, that's an interesting like little like art oh, yeah. rivals. They are were... they friends? They were totally going after that rivalry a couple of times, uh, definitely starting that up. I told you that tea was hot. I knew Art would be furious that that she won. It was um, and then they started drinking out of shoes. What is yeah, this? Is what is this shoe? Some sort of tradition? Phenomenon. What? It, why would you drink? <laughs> and were they just drinking water, or did somebody get them a wine spritzer? Where did they get the milk from? So I feel like for the show, it was probably just water. Shoeies <laughs> are a thing. I will not do one. You could not pay me to drink liquid out of a sweaty fucking shoe. You have to go back to that. What was it called? A shoey? A shoey. A, a shoey. shoey. Yeah. <laughs> just a little shoey. Just like, a little shoey. Just, I do just appreciate. Just a little shoey in Melbourne. <laughs> I do appreciate the like effort to include these bizarre Australianisms, even if they're ones that like people don't always use. Like even yeah. that first episode, Art coming in with her entrance line being like, "I'm not here to fuck spiders." It's like yeah. that's a running gag that do Australians actually say that, and I'm so glad someone said it on their entry to the workroom. <laughs> and it was the first but thing it, we heard. <laughs> yeah, a shoey is a thing. Um, it's a bit of more of a rural thing, but uh-huh. <laughs> or like drunk idiot. So thing. it's not specifically a drag custom. It's just people yeah. Normally, custom. like a boot, a shoe, or whatever, you just <laughs> put your drink in it. It makes me think of um, Noel Fielding on the Mighty Boosh. He's like, "You ever drink Bailey's from a shoe?" <laughs> I don't know this reference. <laughs> oh, well, definitely I'm look an it up. Cause... Idiot. Oh my god, the mighty And it's a you it's a shoe that you've been oh, wearing guys. all night? Is that what they do? That seems to be what they did. I don't know because again, somebody asked me once if I wanted to do one and I said absolutely the fuck not. And we <laughs> moved on from that pretty quick. <laughs> As one should. Speaking of moving on, Kylie Minogue shows up and for has, for like a minute. For like a minute and on video. So I guess what's happening here is they're not having any guests 
on the show. And I'm curious as to why, because like Australia and New Zealand, aren't they like the most safe out of all the drag races that are happening? Because like UK and Canada, like we're all having guest people there. So why is, is New Zealand was under an extremely like they had their lockdown was like, you couldn't go in and out of New Zealand and Australia is still, especially at that point when they filmed the beginning of the year, because they only filmed in like January Uh end of January, beginning of February. um, They were still under lockdowns. Um, There's, you know, rumors that some people were cast and couldn't go because of lockdown. Uh. Like it was meant to be a slightly bigger cast is, what seems to be the consensus. Um, uh-huh. and so basically any guest judges would have had to quarantine for two weeks and it just wouldn't be worth it to do that for... Yeah. Unless they were like a New Zealand-based uh, um, judge. And even then, like you, people will be like, well, Taika was on, but Taika's in the States. Right. Like Taika's filming big movies in the States. He's not filming right. from, from New Zealand. Listen, I'm not mad about it. Take your precautions. Be safe down there. The rest of us aren't doing it, so I'm glad they are. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's actually a case of uh, of of New Zealand and Australia being super overcautious, which is kind of nice to see. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's great to see. And it's mainly that it's in New Zealand because New Zealand was not letting anybody in; like they all no. had to quarantine to get there. Yeah, I have a couple friends who moved back to New Zealand during the pandemic and like were fully in the hotel for two weeks. And I was like, I like watching that because here, I mean, here first of all they make you pay to be in the hotel and for your food. And it costs a lot of money. And it's like only for three days. It's not even for a full mm-hmm. lockdown, which is wild. What are we doing here? What are we doing? <laughs> That's a whole other podcast, Selena. It sure is. There's a lot. There's a lot there, unfortunately. It's such a mess. But um, I mean, let's talk about more positive things. Like the fact that we're doing Snatch Game episode two. Yeah, Hello. Like going right into it. Nine contestants doing Snatch Game. I'd love to see it. Yeah, nine contestants. And I mean, I think it's great because this, this is definitely a group of performers, like high expectations for all these people to be able to pull something out of their boot or their shoe and drink it. So, um, yeah, somebody was going to do Carol Baskin, but uh, I think it was Keto was going to do Carol yes. Baskin. That didn't end up happening. Or di- or Dr. Seuss. You know, those are the two go to's. <laughs> <laughs> They're at the top of my list for every single time someone asks me what I'm going to do on Snatch Game. Yeah. Carol Baskin and Dr. Seuss, Those... and now I have to rethink everything. <laughs> well, we saw two characters who um, come up a lot when people are like, who are you going to do? Jennifer Coolidge and uh, Catherine O'Hara. Are... You think Catherine O'Hara comes up a lot? I feel like I always complain that I haven't seen it. And I was extra bummed we didn't see it on Canada's Dragon. Yeah, Race. but that's what I mean. It's I like got... both those characters we haven't seen, but people keep saying we should see that character. I yeah. think Catherine O'Hara is only an option these days now that she's played Moira Rose, which is kind of like the ultimate yes. version of the character she's been playing for the last 35 years. Yeah, um, I'm disappointed <laughs> that it was just the Moira leaning thing because she's one of my favorite comedians. Well, that's and she so much more than that. And it was just like to reference that and, and Home Alone is like, it, it's missing stuff and it's like yeah. it's not a funny voice that really is just Catherine's voice that she's been doing in all of her it's her yes. it's her dusty it's her dusty town holiday special voice it's the mm-hmm. same which you have a great number about that yeah but anyway like, like i think mostly everybody did uh what they said they were gonna do um do you want to just get into like um the the snatch game itself 
You can talk about them fighting over wanting to be Bindi Irwin. What a yeah. weird thing for two people to show up wanting to be. Is Bindi his daughter or his wife? Yeah, the daughter. The daughter. The daughter Steve Irwin's daughter, right. And how old is she yeah. now? Bindi is still young. She's like 20, 22. Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, isn't she a teenager? Like, it's really weird to be doing this character. <laughs> yeah, because um, Bindi, she like she was also like her first like fame apart just like from being his his daughter yeah. is she had like her own TV series when she was like nine, right? And it was like Bindi the Jungle Girl, <laughs> and just like because um, Terry is the wife, but like mm-hmm. I thought it would have been funnier if one of them just full on did Steve Irwin, right? Like Bindi's such a specific reference, <gasps> and yeah, I totally agree. And also, Art could have done a good Steve Irwin. Right, Art looked beautiful. By the way, I was obsessed with Art's face in this, in this outfit with his hair. Art is art is perfection. Yeah, um, yes. but I, I, art I is it was perfection. Funny. I had two. Yeah. <laughs> art is perfection. It's all in the. It's all in the eyes of the beholder, you see. I just want to talk like Moira Rose all day. Uh-huh. Um, so <laughs> I think you did this um, last week, too. <laughs> I know. Some of the things that struck me with the RuPaul talk about the Snatch Game stuff was um, when she was talking to Art Simone. And Art was talking about um, playing drag queen number one. Yes. Um, on, a, on a TV show. But she worked her way up from drag queen number three. Uh-huh. And- <laughs> it's I just thought that was so... I thought that was so relatable. <laughs> it is so relatable. We know about this. Our fucking lives. Wait, weren't you on... Um, I don't know if you're allowed to talk about this yet, but weren't Private you... Private Eyes. Were, yeah, I was going to say, weren't you drag queen number like six on Private Eyes? <laughs> yeah, technically, technically, I think there was about 10 of us uh, late, earlier this year, and we were just all background drag queens. Yeah. And I mean, actually, before that point, I saw this gig separately and I was like oh I bet that's the same gig because they just wanted background drag queens and I went for it and they gave it to me thank god but uh-huh. um before that I actually went for the role of the speaking queen right didn't get it I showed up on set I also went out for that got did not it. get it yeah yeah but guess How who gets rude. it it was a it was a person who was not a drag yeah. queen doesn't I... doesn't know what they're doing mm-hmm. and I was just like I knew that was gonna happen I knew it was going it, to be like it's... a non-drag performer getting that they never cast drag performers ever mm-hmm. it's because they i think they have this thing in their head where um they're afraid because i think a lot of drag queens we kind of really start to push the boundary into like what m- people consider like trans like you look too feminine or you like look too so then they're like oh well, we don't want to offend joe from california we really want to make it apparent that it's a man in a dress mm-hmm. you know i will say i often booked a lot of roles in drag before I had my beard. And then since I've had my beard, I don't even get a call back. And that told me that like, they don't understand what a drag queen actually is. They don't like it when you mess it up and they don't like it if you go too far. Cause yeah. then it's like, well, we don't understand these things. But for it's also so- for speaking roles, we don't have like the, the queens with like the notoriety to get booked on something. And right. even then, if they do it in Australia, like Courtney gets booked on yeah. sitcoms and soap operas to play Courtney. Mm-hmm. Like Absolutely. it's because she's the celebrity and, you know, Art Simone being a guest on the bachelor Australia. Yeah. Here's the thing and- though, is we also don't have the shows to put them on. <laughs> like Canadian media sucks 
I'll just say it. You mean you don't want yeah. drag queens as a guest on the Great Canadian Baking Show? No, I do. Uh, you know what? We've had them, and I love it. Um, wait, I don't know if it was Great Canadian Baking Show, but it was a baking show. I remember Miss Mosu and, and Baby Bell Bell were guests. And on Baby Bell Bell, yeah. Um, oh, that's so cute! I yeah. didn't know that. But we don't have yeah, like they, big they soap operas here. We don't have like like we have Big Brother Canada now, but we don't have like big reality shows. Yeah, so it's taking it's taking steps forward, but we're behind. We're behind, and, you know. Canada's it's... behind, always been, and always will be. Um, but now we're moving forward into the snatch game, and our two contestants. Well, wait, what, before what, we get what, there, I, I do have one question, ah. and it's it's interesting because everyone was a little bit whoa when um etc cetera, etc cetera, said she wanted to play. I think it was Libby Chamberlain. Lindy, Lindy. Chamberlain. Yeah. What uh, a bad the, choice. The famed woman who is famous for the line of Australia, besides throwing out a shrimp on the Barbie, a dingo ate my baby. Which is actually a very sad story. So yeah, it's not a yeah. joke, and it was—it's not a sensitive thing to do. It's gross. It's gross, and like Karen and Art's reaction to that was on the money. It's not like that woman was wrongfully convicted of murdering her baby uh-huh. and like got imprisoned for it uh-huh. until they like eventually overturned it. And they're like, whoops, sorry, that probably did happen. And her life has been kind of ruined for it. Yeah. And she's been like the laughingstock for 40 years. And for somebody who likes to bastion themselves as like being a, a champion for respecting other people to be like, I'm going to make fun of this woman. Cause it wasn't making fun of, people thinking that that's a joke all of the jokes were at the butt of her expense yes i think this is i think this is another really educational thing for me because i've heard the term a dingo ate my baby on mm-hmm. probably like i don't know teletoon at night or like something like that mm-hmm. cartoon network which is such an americanization of a true australian story yeah uh, that's been kind that that i've realized oh my god this is actually kind of gross there's a movie with meryl streep about it yeah yeah. There's more than it either has two names or it has or it has, um, yeah, it has two names, but it's a, a cry in the dark. It also, right, yeah. for some reason, there's um another title. It's like Evil's Evil Angels, but it's a cry in the dark, huh. and it's Meryl Streep in the bad brown bob, and she cries that line. Right. And like, so that's kind of like, it was rift. It was a, it's a big problem. <laughs> and I think of all of the people that you could choose to be, that's yeah. a wolf. Uh, I, think, I think that's interesting. You, you, de- you said it's a big problem. I think that's so interesting. Cause like, it's true. Australia is dangerous. It's a dangerous place to live. You guys have like 7,000 types of snakes and a kangaroo could just hop by and punch you in the face. You don't even know it's coming. Oh my God. It's, listen, <laughs> I, w- I will never go to Australia because I know that they're like the kindest of all the animals, but those spiders are terrifying. The hunter spiders. Ugh. Is that and what they call Who calling? would want to fuck one? Who would oh, wanna the huntsmen, one? the giant the ones in Sydney that are just like casually in your house, like thanks, but no thanks. Oh, are they exclusively a Sydney thing? No, but they weren't in, in Melbourne um, uh-huh. because of just like um, climate and it's a bit colder uh-huh. in the south. Cold. And it, even your cute little koalas, they all have chlamydia. Like, yes. <laughs> is that true? Yes, it yes, is. They all what? Have chlamydia. Yes. But you can't get it from a koala, right? 
Well, sure. I don't know. Have you, tried? Have you <laughs> tried, Selena? I'm sure. So a question, though. Out yeah. of before they actually do the Snatch Game, when everybody announced who they were going to be, yeah. was there anyone who you were excited to see, like that you thought was a good character? I was excited to see Queen Elizabeth. Queen Elizabeth, hands down. Because no one had done her, and I thought it was going to be, I knew that, I knew it would be hilarious. All right, well, we sound like we want to talk about, we sound like we want to talk about Snatch Game, so let's get into this Snatch Game. Do you want to break down the characters? Are we ready for this? Let's do we it. We are. Up first, da-da, we da-da, have <laughs> a theme song. <laughs> that would be Prices Right. I appreciate that. Close enough. Right, close enough. Our two guest judges on this are, well, our always judges, which is um, Michelle Visage and Reese Nicholson, because um, no one else is allowed on set. I like that we got them, though, because we got some good, for fuck's sakes, reactions out of both of them, yeah. where they're like, they're laughing, but not because what was said was funny, right. but they're just like, oh, okay. Yeah. And so that was nice. But yeah, like, we're judging our... you. <laughs> Who was our first queen? Who was our first person? Finance showed up dressed as Dolly Parton. Dolly Parton, interesting choice. Uh, That's a that's a hard one. It's a. I think it's an easy one. I think it's it's easy. There's so much to play with. Okay, on a on a on a grade scale, uh, or do you just want to nut and cut these? Would you give this a nut, or would you give this a cut? The Uh, choice or the execution. Um, it's the, the, the execution of it. The execution. Absolute cut. It's a cut. It's a cut? Oh, is it, I think it's a didn't cut. Didn't look like her, uh-huh. didn't sound like uh-huh. her, didn't giggle, uh-huh. didn't make, she made one Jolene joke. And because right. Rue, fed it to her, Rue fed it to her. She didn't even make the joke. Um, yeah. she, yeah, that voice is so, like, you have to get the voice right. And she just didn't even try to do it. And she ha- she squeaks at the end of her sentences. She yeah. she's constantly giggling, but also to say like oh, no yeah. one's done Dolly, no one's done Dolly for Snatch Game. Right. Trixie did come out as Dolly for one of the other challenges, the Divas Challenge. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Yeah. And she had to lip sync, so it wasn't. Uh, we didn't get a voice out of her. So what um, do you think was 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 missing? I think it was like that super high helium voice, the giggle. Yes. And it was the endless f- stream of one-liners. It was also the face. Like, it was... She went for the modern Dolly hair, um, yeah. which, like, I guess that's what Dolly's looked like for the past, like, forever, and I just don't like her current hair. Mm-hmm. I miss her old, bigger hair. She right. didn't look like her. The only thing she did was the the close-to-no eyebrows that Dolly, that Dolly has going. Uh-huh. But the entire time I was watching it, I was just thinking of, like, People like uh, Jaylene Time from West Coast here, who does like an impeccable Dolly Parton impersonation. Yeah, just looks like her. Yes, and I was like the entire time I was like, I don't. What it was not a good choice, and it was poorly done. She didn't. Yeah, I just wanted to hear it be up there a little bit more up here. Oh, I just want to sell. <laughs> you know, <I> something <laughs> like that. So, something like I that. I don't know if that was it. it. That was, <laughs> yeah. I just want, I want a really high voice and I really, I really want it to be a little bit back country and I want to giggle. <laughs> you know, there's a little more like a, well, now Rue, like there's a little bit more well, like twang to it. Yeah. Um, and like, but she like gives such great one liners and like such great yeah. stories and everything is funny and everything has a punchline. I didn't get that from Karen. Yeah. Yeah, it was bland. It was super bland. Let's punch her line and move on. What's that? What are you going to say? No, I was going to say, get rid of her. Who was next? Next, Yeah, right. Next up is Art Simone as Bindi Irwin. 
Mm-hmm. That was also a cut. She just rambled too much. Yeah. Like I found, and we'll talk about this when we talk about like who did well and who didn't do well, uh, like with reasonings, like for like the ending, um, is she drew a lot of attention mm-hmm. for not giving anything. Like she just kept, yeah. she was going for these weird, overly sexual jokes. All these innuendos that I'm like, what you're, this is why I was confused. I was like, aren't you playing a child right now? Like, I don't understand what's happening. Yeah. The, I liked the idea of her putting the like cuts on the face. Like that uh-huh. was, that was cute. Like that she had been like bit by one of the animals she was handling, but it was just like, wearing earrings by Frida Las Vegas, which are the crossing with the, the kangaroo. Um, uh-huh. Wearing earrings by Frida and like the dark green, like khaki type of shirt that they always wear does not make Bindi yeah, Irwin interesting. I just wanted her to butch it up or something or like punch an alligator. You know, I wanted her to like get in there and do what she does, you know? Yeah, she didn't bring any animals out. Do you think Hold Scarlet- on a second? I've got to punch this alligator! Oh my goodness! It's coming for me! Dad! I'll make you proud, Dad! Or something like that, oh, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Hillary went all the way. Dresses me. This is really weird to watch. Um, <laughs> um I gotta say, like, do you think Scarlet would have done a funner job? No. No, she would have failed think as well. That Scarlet they- Bobo? No. no. <laughs> No, um, no. Just Drag Race Down Under's resident racist number one. Hey, um, there it is. We talked. About, we did. We did go over last week over who all the problematic characters were, and I think, yeah, yes. yeah. So the audience is. Well, you know, there's there's never enough times to remind people that <laughs> you know, really, if we're gonna, well, we go can into all that, hope that, that sh- people. We can all hope that people can educate themselves and and change. So we that can is always true. hope. We can always. Hope. But I mean. If she really wanted to lean into it, she could have just gone as Chris Lilly and done any of Chris Lilly's characters since he's so famous for doing blackface on Australian television. Oh my God, that is true. And Asian face. And like, yeah, like very... And yeah, he still gets TV shows. And doesn't ever apologize for it, right? Like it doesn't Chris Lilly Never, not once. He still hasn't. Yeah. And like continues to do those characters. So she could have done, even if it wasn't one of the characters do Chris Lilly as Jermaine. You'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. But yeah, at least that character. I yeah. think art was just, it was boring and rambly. So Correct. it was like, it was kind of unfortunate. It was yeah. a cut. It was yeah. kind of a cut, unfortunately. Speaking Next of up cuts. Was Coco. <laughs> Coco Jumbo as the one and only um, sensational superstar Lizzo. Lizzo. Steal my heart, why don't you? But this was just not good. I, I saw the flute and I got mo- momentarily excited because I think she could be very funny to do uh-huh. if you really oh leaned God. into it. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, oh, okay. And I'm like, that's a good choice for Coco because I couldn't figure out who she was going to be. Yeah. And the outfit, like I know what outfit she was referencing of Lizzo's and I'm like, oh, that's her bizarre Sailor Moon outfit's not like her most iconic right. look. And... It feels weird to bring out the flute as a prop if you can't play flute. When she brought it out and like silence, I was like, that's at least like at least have a sound effect ready to go. Like that was rough to watch. There were no jokes. Exactly. You know, like just like pretend. Like when Katy Perry pretended to play the flute and got caught live in a show. I I thought like she kind of was Lizzo, but she was being too reverent. It was like Lizzo with no attitude. I was like, Lizzo has thing. that attitude. We want, we want it. 
I felt really bad so, because later in the show, she said she froze. Like she knows she did bad and she, and she yes. said she froze. And I find that completely relatable. I, I totally understand that. So I have a hard yeah, time I, being mad at Coco. Yeah, just, I, I wanted to bring that up gone. actually. So you've had an experience of freezing on stage, Selena? Of course. We're like, you're just like, yeah. you have no ideas. You're just dry and you're like, what the fuck am I doing here? And then you got immediate imposter syndrome. <gasps> so it's like, it's very much that. You're nodding your head weird. Did you have a freeze moment at all that you want to talk about? Or is, <laughs> is, is, is it too much? It just happens, and I just think about how I would flounder at, like, I would flounder at Snatch Game, because it's like, I know what I'd want to do, and the moment you trip, I'd be so in my head about getting it right. Yeah. I'd be so in my head about getting it right. even if you're a comedian, it doesn't mean you're good at impersonations, you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't make you a match for Snatch Game. No, it's the, it's the impersonation factor that really gets it, that it's mm-hmm. like, I would, I would definitely fall into the trope of like using lines that I know from people, but I wouldn't do it in the way where you're playing one character. I would use those lines as things to feed off of and play that yes. actor. Yes, that's it. I would do Kathleen Turner because she's got so many and I know most of them mm-hmm. and she's got a, you know, a good raspy voice, so it's not that much of a stretch for me to really figure out if I wanted to but it's just like not playing her as a specific character I think it's really easy to start watching um other people around you especially if they're doing really well because I've done some snatch games Mm -hmm. it's really easy to start watching and start becoming a spectator and being like Yes. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I have to do something. You can't watch them. You have to listen. And I think what you do what you do successfully, Hillary, and, and you did this recently with Margaret Atwood, is don't try to impersonate them. You know what I mean? Like, try to impersonate them, but, like, put your own spin on it. You take the character, and you must do an interpretation of it. Mm-hmm. RuPaul says, interpret them. So, like, I also think of that as you do it, you do them, and you find qualities about them that you can do. Yeah. But then you tilt it. I also think maybe don't go for people who have like super recognizable voices. Yeah. Like, yes. Unless you sound like them doing someone where you have to sound exactly like them to sell it. Cause even we can, we're all saying we cut Lizzo. We can go to the next one, which I believe was Scarlett as Jennifer Coolidge. It's Jennifer Coolidge has a very specific voice where everybody almost has it, but very few people have it spot on. Correct. And yes, it's very it's, tough like leaning into that it's just it's such a risk and mm-hmm. everyone says oh i could do it better and it's like yeah but it's near it's just too specific yeah she's too specific. and she has too many iconic lines that people rely on you can't just say you look like the fourth of july you gotta like put your own jokes into it that are in the flavor of jennifer coolidge i think and she didn't do that. That's true. Um, but that said, I was really hoping that somebody would make a Cinderella, like she would make a Cinderella story reference with the whole you're not very pretty and you're not very bright. Is Cinderella say, story something people recognize? Yeah, because that's her, her line where she's talking to her daughter and she's like, you're not very pretty and you're not very bright. I'm so glad we had that talk. And that's just it. Oh and God. like any of these, like she has other characters behind, beyond. Is Cinderella story not with Russell Crowe? That's Cinderella Man. Cinderella story is which one? Who's in that is one? Is it the Hillary Duff one? Is it Hil- oh, Hillary Duff. I was thinking Amanda Bynes, but that's the Snow White one. Yeah. Are we still talking about Cinderella and the glass slipper? Is this still the Australian tradition of bootsies or whatever? I'm yeah. confused. <laughs> 
Shoesies, a bootsie. I like that. Let's move on to someone who did well. Uh, none other than the one who uh, played the Queen of England, uh, Wiggly Wiggly Anita Wiglet. She, first of all, killed me in the fact that she was so small. Like, she was tiny <laughs> behind that because desk. Because Anita's not a small person. Right? I was like, was she on her knees? Like, it was so funny. She was definitely on, on her, she wasn't on the seat. She, like, went down. It was yeah. great. Yeah, it she was did brilliant. a full white, did white hair, um, some aging makeup, but not over the top, mm-hmm. which was nice, and and the nice little hat. Like she didn't try to look exactly like her Majesty, and but she you got, didn't. You knew who she was, and she didn't try to impersonate her exactly. She gave us jokes that the Queen would never ever say. Yes, yes. Uh, she gave us favorite. a lot of dark, dark jokes, but they like they had I, they were good. I'm sorry, because, I yeah. I lost my shit at you know it, I I would I would love to bring in you know two corgis and a jar of peanut butter. Does it for me? Oh my god, <laughs> that was the funniest shit I've ever heard. So funny, picturing Queen Elizabeth doing that. All her Prince Andrew jokes. <laughs> Woof! Oh my goodness, they were so much. I even when she. That's played so off dark. the Lindy Chamberlain and was like, I it's wish so Dingo dark. ate my baby. Like I was Yeah. <laughs> I wish it Dingo ate Prince Andrew essentially. It was so dark. Oh, and oh even God. with the even with the, the paparazzi Princess Diana oh situation, my God, you that know, was dark. Well, the don't, don't jokes? Piss me, you know, two rules to get along with me. Don't piss me off and wear a seatbelt. Two mean, rules for a long so... life. How do you live a long life? Don't piss me off and wear a seatbelt. <laughs> Oh my it was, god! It was it was one of those ones that's like it's so borderline, but it's like well, it's, it still feels like a jab at Queen Elizabeth, who we can always make fun of, and the royal family. Yes. So it's yeah. Fun, but it was like oh. And even the oh, one she said to Rue in the workroom, which was, "When you turn a hundred, you get a letter from me. When you turn sixteen, you get a text from Prince Andrew." <laughs> <laughs> so funny. <laughs> she just murdered that she was hilarious because again like people are fighting about it online like she's making fun of pedophilia and i was like no she's making fun of the royal family yes and that it's like it's yep. just passed off as it's just quirky facts yes like yeah. do you know what speaks to me as so true about that especially coming from the queen mm-hmm. is that you you have to imagine that with all the the crap that's gone and on in the royal family during her 90 years you know like she has to be the ultimate realist sometimes like yeah, yeah my son is an awful person <laughs> but you know why don't hasn't she fucking off. denounced him like why is she why did she denounce prince harry like i don't understand what's going on well because i i, I can't speak for the queen on that stuff yes, but i think the ultimate <laughs> The ultimate real, the ultimate realist thing is something that I think we can all relate with when crap happens in our lives. You just have to be like, okay, that uh-huh. happened. Let's move on. You know, so there's something sure. funny in. And we got a lot of we got a lot of humor out of Anita. That's like the huge, huge nut, huge nut. Huge for that one. nut. We're we're oh, big oh a God. big nut for Anita. Up next, we had the dreaded. Um, Electroshock as Catherine O'Hara as Moira Rose. Yeah, I well, first, it. For, yeah, I first didn't of mind all, it. First of but... all, I'm really happy to see Catherine O'Hara being represented on Snatch Game. Yeah. She is our ultimate Canadian comedy diva and she deserves <sighs> the cred. 
She oh. really, really, really does. And Australians do love. Just wait till I get on and I do Andrea Martin. <laughs> oh my God. But can you please? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, but Andrea is American technically, so. True. Yeah, she's American, but she's also uh, a Canadian. Yeah, like icon, Andrea so Martin gets most. 100% a friggin' pass. Like she's SCTV royalty. Uh, just as long yeah. as you mm-hmm. get, just give me a little bit of Sophia and I'll be happy. But yeah, we got we got our we got our, our Moira Rose. I mean, like the wig the wig was a choice, but Moira's wigs are choices. Um, I was glad yeah. that we did get a Home Alone Kevin scream. Yes, like I'm glad that that happened, and I'm glad she did it, and it was okay. And then she did it a few more times, and it became funnier. I thought she looked all right. She looked. I I got Moira Rose from that costume 100. Um, percent And she had like her like stupid things that she says like what something about Italians and pigeons, whatever that the pigeons are going to be Italian. Whatever that was. Like just saying ridiculous shit. Oh, it made, it made totally no sense. And I would never speak like that at all. It was totally perfunctory and Alexanderitation. But I did appreciate the representation. (laughs) There is Hillary's audition for Schitt's Creek season (laughs) six. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Call me, call me. The judges played off of her. Like she was, yes. Yeah. She, as Michelle said, ten, she played tennis with them. She threw the ball back, and that's the that's what they want to see. So yeah, it was good. It was definitely a nut. I give her a little um, nut, like one that you know. I give her yeah, a nut. Little squirrels nut. need that sustenance. They can't all be the big ones. Yeah. Oh yeah. A little peanut. Oh yeah. Just a little peanut. So what about Maxie Shield? She was the the Mag, Magda. Uh, Sabansky and playing one of her sketch so, characters, which definitely reminds me of this like lotto lady, you know, <laughs> kind of like shit, rah, 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 you know, sitting on her porch, and they're stamping her, almost like cars. a Tim Hortons character. So or something. the thing with Magna, one, I don't know how much y'all know about Magna Sabansky, but she is a queer Nothing. icon. She's yeah, she oh. came out later in life, but like Magna Sabansky's a big old lesbian. Um, she looked uh-huh. exactly like Magda, like spot on. She looked okay. exactly mm-hmm. like Magda in Fast Forward that I mentioned before, which please watch that show. It's funny. Uh-huh. Caveat. Um, some of it's very racist because it's 1990s, it's 1980s to early 90s. There's a, there's a little bit of blackface in that yep. show. I don't know if she did, but oh, some of the men on that show definitely did. Um, she's in another one mm-hmm. called Big Girl's Blouse, which was a spinoff, which is far funnier, and it's just the women. It's like an all-women sketch comedy okay. show from the mm-hmm. early 90s. Very good, but she okay. looked mm-hmm. exactly like that character. It's It was so spot-on, and like the judges had said that like Magna could have sued you for that, and it was like too spot-on, and it is. Uh-huh. And I thought that was the issue, was like, uh-huh. She, she does have, and I really wish I remembered what the line is, um, but it's she has like a very specific line that she says all the time, and that character's always like, I said love, I said pet, I said love, I said pet, please, and all these things, and none of that was kept in, so she didn't give them much mm. to bounce off of, but it was, right. I liked it because it, it just fell flat, but she did the part perfectly, and it was just... Yeah, and that's the thing is she maybe did it a little too perfectly where she wasn't able to break to play with the judges. Yeah, we just we just kind of needed the tilt on it, like a little bit of a more that volley thing, like 
Yeah. She just had sparkles. And then, 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 you know, I don't really like sparkles very much. Or like barf. Or, I don't know. Eat a chicken. I mean, all the fat girls eat chickens on, on <laughs> these days. So, I mean, just just add a chicken. It would have oh been fine. God. I um, so I'm gonna It's true. This, I, it's I'm true. Gonna, I believe it. I believe it. So do you. I, I'm going to give this a cut. <laughs> I'm going to give it a cut because the interpretation I believe was a hundred percent there, but the jokes were not. And to me, that's a fail. Oh no. For me, it's a total nut. Cause she, she did the job. She just was um, a little in her head. I, I think she's very yeah, talented. I, I'm, she I'm giving I it a nut it. because like, I, I like it and I got the reference and it was not nearly mm-hmm. as atrocious as most of the things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I gave it a little chuckle yeah. and mm-hmm. very few of them made me laugh. So Beautiful. It was just so, it was just like that humor that's so deadpan. You yeah. have to know the reference to get the jokes. Yeah. And we needed a little bit more in our face. Yes. So. Speaking of in your face. Up was the one and only, et cetera, et cetera, as Lindy. Lindy um, For those of us who don't understand the story of this, I mean, it's, it's funny because it's essentially playing on this trope of a lady going around saying, the dingo baby, baby, and it's a one joke thing. And it's a pretty funny joke. But then once you hear the actual story, then you, then you kind of go back on yourself and you question yourself and you're like, oh my God, I laughed at these things. Um, it, it, I don't know what to say. And I get this from et cetera, et cetera, a lot. She seems like she would have done a good job at a different character. Like I think I yeah. think she could have potentially, depending on what she picked. I really think that this was a miss. Yeah. Like I've seen her host shows, like she knows how to talk on a microphone, but this was just I hated mm-hmm. the puppet, like the weird feral, like that was something that Bindi's character could have done and it would have made sense, but it was just too yeah. much. And I tend to always hate the distracting over the top person who's on each snatch game like it always seems mm-hmm. a bit desperate i think we're all in agreement that it's tasteless <laughs> it's tasteless and and it, it's tricky because comedy is sometimes tasteless uh yes. so like i can't i can't for me i can't not like nut it because i think it is funny but it's also like totally tastelessly funny i did i'm not i'm gonna say i, I did enjoy the dingo ate my answer that would that i forgot about that one oh, yeah. that was you know that works but dingo and my answer was pretty funny you know it's a tricky it's a tricky thing because you know drag has so historically been this place where we can go way out into left field sometimes and try and really ride the edge i mean think of comedians like lady bunny you mm-hmm. know where she just goes all the way into mm-hmm. you know fighting against what people consider tasteful and what it, it, on purpose and it, and it, and in ways like it's kind of exercising this muscle that you know can be used in more appropriate things mm-hmm. like fighting for rights for trans people for aboriginal people that certain people that are not in our echo chamber right now do not like and they get aggravated by in the same way that we get aggravated by seeing things like this that make us squeamish and hate you know so like mm, we have to f- exercise this ability to find the boundary and push it and be aware of it do you know what i mean i think you lost me (laughs) anyways i'm getting in my head i'm getting very complicated okay i'm a very complicated woman um speaking of complicated women up next we have ketamine as dr seuss (laughs) what a dope yeah 
Wait, do you find that this is on the same level, not on execution, but just choice of like bizarre? I don't get it. Why would you ever think of it choice as Bob Ross? Because like I feel it's in the same vein. You're like, this isn't gonna be funny. I think they're both great choices. I thought this was a brilliant choice. Why? Because it's easy. Rhyming couplets are funny. She had some that period. really that that worked. I will say. I'm just so glad that this happened when she, her answer was vulva and she spelt it like Volvo. Uh (laughs) And it's like, what do, what do a Volvo and a Volvo have in common? They're both boxy, but they're good. Hey, (laughs) my mom used to drive a Volvo and I loved that car. Um, I, uh, I think Bob Ross was a great choice. I don't, I think Utica did a terrible job, but I think it's very easy to make Bob Ross hilarious. I think it would have been very easy to make Dr. Seuss hilarious. Um, I don't think she was hilarious, but I think she did a good job ish. She had a few things that landed. Yeah. Well, like I said, I think that, you know, it's a, it's a trip. It's a typical improv game to play um, rhyming couplets Mm -hmm. Um, and rhyming couplets. They always work. They're always crowd pleasers. Like if you just find something that rhymes with another thing and it's kind of surprising and delightful. Yeah. That's funny. Is it the best thing ever? No. She did look enough like late age Dr. Seuss. Like. Sure. Yeah. Listen, one of my Snatch Game characters um, is... Uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda, because I'm told I look like him a lot. And, cool. and, but the, but the tricky part is you got to freestyle, like you got to rap. And that's just, first of all, not always funny, not often funny. And it's, it's like a way too hard a task. Yeah. I mean, especially if you don't really care for freestyling. I mean, it's not really something. I do. But like, Dr. I love it. Like, I do musical improv all the time. Yeah, but you sing songs rather than rap, I would say. Right? Have you not I heard mean, my latest I... lucky verse with Sapphire? <laughs> I, I know. Yeah, that was great. Hey! Wow. Uh, <laughs> hey, I'm I'm Nikki Nasrallah from 2010 when I was a hardcore musical theater kid. And, um, and one of your favorite musicals in 2010 stuff, was okay? In the Heights with Lin-Manuel Miranda. So don't get it twisted. <laughs> no, it was just, it was just rent on replay, okay? Oh, we... And... Are you in 1996, uh, Nikki Desrello? Maybe. <laughs> you know, I'm time traveled. <laughs> anyway, go follow um, Nikki Desrello on Instagram. He posts nothing. Um, so I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna give Dr. Seuss a cut. What about you guys? Oh, total nut. I think it was a good choice. She it was I, a good choice. You had a small choice. nut. Like um, it didn't it didn't offend me. I yeah. I chuckled at the Volvo thing, but mainly because it was spelt wrong. Also because that was the same one that uh-huh. we got right off the bat of that was Anita with a dry ass pussy. Yes. Um, Great just, line. <laughs> like it was enough that it made me chuckle. But so it's like it's a little nut. The only one who got a big nut of all of these for me was Anita. Absolutely. The only one who deserved yeah. the nut. Like I, there was a lot of ask of people like which Australian they would do. And again, I'm still surprised we didn't get Jane Turner or Gina, like for any, either of the characters from Kath and Kim, like. Just keep it away from et cetera, et cetera. And we'll be fine. <laughs> hey. um, Speaking of keeping so, things away, uh, why don't we go away and take a little break before we come into the next day? 
Absolutely. All I'm right. going to go and sing the last five years, the entire album. Come to Nikki Nasrallah on oh. Instagram to hear me do it. I'm going to punch you in the face. And I'm Hillary Hughes, and I'm going to go uh, scream into a microphone for 20 minutes, and I'm going to post it all online for you to watch. Accurate. I'm Nikki Nasrallah, and I hate that person. <laughs> I like that you keep calling her by her old name. Did I say Hillary Ooze? You did. I will. It, she's still Hillary Ooze in my phone. I can't let it go, and I apologize for it. I don't mean to use your non-used name anymore. It's Hillary Yes, everybody. Well, Whatever. Whatever. Look well, you're up. using my old name. I don't go by Nikki Nazarella anymore. I'm Selena Vile now. All right, everybody, <laughs> let's take a break. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And we're back. That break is over. It's done with. Um, how how did the last five years go, Nikki? Oh my God! I, I I summoned a crowd. They just surrounded me. I had to tell them to back off. It's COVID. You're very oh talented. God. You're very talented. You're I'm very such talented. a talented man. I just can't mm -hmm. believe it. I'm sure I will be successful. Like maybe hosting some podcast in ten years from now. Uh, it's going to happen. You'll be nominated. All right. By the way, go vote for us. <laughs> CanPodAwards.ca slash vote. Squirrel Talk is nominated for Outstanding Television and Film Series Podcast. Go vote for all the That's Sonar right. if Network you're, if shows. You're, if you're a podcaster, go vote for us. And if you're not a podcaster, start your own podcast and then vote for us because we would really appreciate it. Yeah, it's you. only peer submissions, peer votes. Um, we yeah. yeah, we do love you. Please do that. So we come back into the workroom <laughs> the next day. And uh, everybody, some, some people seem to think that it went well and some did not. <laughs> and quote, one of them said, we were all really good. <laughs> and I, that was funnier than anything said on the entire Snatch game. Because that was said with utter confidence. And I was like, there's no way. There's no way. Delusion. Convince yourself. <laughs> <laughs> it was very that. I mean, honestly, I didn't have a bad time watching it. Like, no one was cringy for me in like that way that people are sometimes cringily bad. But there's just a lot. Terribly unfunny, yeah. Yeah, terribly it was just, unfunny. Good way to put it. It was a boring snatch game. So I think what we're used to when we get a bad snatch game is mm -hmm. it, it comes across as messy and unprofessional and yes. distracting. And there's everyone's trying to pull focus and no one's funny. Where this, nothing happened. Yeah. And it mm -hmm. felt like all of these easy jokes were set up and just, I very rarely laughed. And it was just like, oh, well, that happened. Yeah. I guarantee two seasons from now, no one's going to remember who anyone was on this episode. It's not one that's going to be, like, looked back on. Yeah, it, it almost seemed like people were viewing either, like, safe, like, mostly too safe, or, like, too edgy, for the most part. Everyone either, mm -hmm. either was just, like, don't say anything, or, like, say everything and the dingo, and, you know, like, go too far. It was, um, yeah. it was an interesting, it was an interesting mix. Uh, but there was nothing that I was going like, 
Yeah. Yeah. Coco is definitely upset because like she knows she froze. She knows she didn't do a very good job. I think Kita is scared because Kita seems to have a lot of doubts, like self doubts Mm -hmm. just in general. Um, She's again, she's readjusting to her new kind of life that she's made for herself. And yeah, like her body and everything and you know living as i've only you know lived my entire life as a fat person i haven't made that transition out of it and i'm sure she still like lives in that mind and she has this huge reputation to live up to in new zealand mm-hmm. like she, her and anita are the go-to for everyone in dragon new zealand knows who they are and most people outside of it because they hosted a tv show that Electra was on. <laughs> that Electra was on. Like, I do love that they're like, she's your boss. Uh, they're your boss. But also, like, they were the judges of a show that you did not win. <laughs> <laughs> the girl who came halfway through one. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Um, oh, so, so we get one of these mirror moments where, like, the producers are like, ask this question. So Maxi Shield asks about everyone's family life. Um about like queerness and all that and like everyone's got a pretty like decent um like no one's got a horrifying story except for really anita's dad didn't really accept her being gay in fact said to her when she was a kid you better not turn out gay which is fucked what a fucked up thing to say to a kid yeah i've I've only had agents who have said that to me and oh my um... god But I mean, that's Jesus. just that's just another shovel in the hole of this crap industry we call um, industry. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. That that really bites. I mean, but as gay people, as 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 queer people, or whatever word is most appropriate, um, uh, we have so much that we have to hide throughout our life mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. get through quote-unquote normal society or whatever you want to call it there's a there's a lot that builds up it's fucked i think there's a lot of things changing though now like i look at the next generation like people who are kids and i look at my friends who have kids and like kids don't give a shit anymore and like they're have kids ever given a shit unless their parents tell them to give a shit kids lived in fear in a way that we, we our generation lived in fear in a way that the next generation doesn't Yes. Um, Because I just see the parents that I teach, the parents that I know in my life, who are just way more accepting of their kids, like of their boys putting on dresses, of their girls playing with um, with the boys and playing with like uh, construction Mm -hmm. stuff. Like that's what my niece and nephew are like. They're very opposite in terms of their gender roles in the home, like the traditional gender roles. And, like, they're allowed to live and let be. And that's, like, in my family that I grew up in, which actually, you know what? I was also allowed to. However, my parents are homophobic um, in a way. I so, mean, that's, I'm, in this, I'm in the same boat with that. It's like I was allowed to do stuff. But the whole, you know, kissing people seems to be a big problem for them. That's the one. Yeah. yeah. I got to You know what? The other Yesterday, I, I work for a puppet company right now where we go into schools, like, virtually and, and do puppet shows. And I was playing a non-binary character who presents as a boy and has a fashion blog and like wears a sequin jacket. And I was so scared with my first day working with them of the Q&A portion at the end. And I was so terrified what the kids were going to ask me. And all of them were like, what's your favorite item that you wear? Like, what's your favorite? Like everyone was all there. And like some boys were like, I'm totally into fashion. Here are some sketches I did. And these kids are like eight, maybe, maybe nine. And I was so 
proud of them all. I was like, oh, you kids fucking get it. You don't care. And like the world is in good hands with you guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> I th- yeah, that's 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 to be applauded. I'm really excited about that. I mean, I think that the reason why we had that moment of dead air is because we're all so fucking sad that our childhoods were miserable. <laughs> yeah. We're just like, oh, that sounds nice. I wish I didn't have to hide in the closet and put on <laughs> lipstick and then wrap, get smeared off my face before my mom came in and you know beat me with a shoe and then drink out of it because she was Australian and she was doing shoesies. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, <sighs> no, but I mean, we all have our our personal traumas. Small, some are, some are smaller, some are bigger, and. Um, None of us grew up in a world where we were really allowed to be ourselves or even know who we were. Like, I didn't have any yeah. icons to tell me. Like, I thought, like, I got knock knees when I saw hot guys in school, yeah. um, in, in high school, but I had no idea what that meant. I had no idea. I just did not know. I was always waiting for, like, a girl to finally turn me on. And it never happened. You know? So and that's, just... like, one benefit of this show being so mainstream. Like, there's so many shitty mm-hmm. things about this show but the fact that drag queens are all over our TV year round and we have access to them, that's fucking huge. Yeah, it's huge. And it's it's that. So it's like it's good for younger queer people to have some sort of representation. It's also like I kind of checked out when this moment happened because I don't pay attention when I know they're going to do the, the the trauma mirror talk because I yeah. just don't care. And it's it's that reminder. <laughs> I to don't me care. No, this show is it always happens like, around the 45th minute. Um. Yeah, these, 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 like, these straight cis white women are going to watch this show and have a better <laughs> understanding of queerness and yeah. that it's not always easy for us. And it's just, it, it comes across as very force fed. You can tell most times that they don't want to talk about these things. Uh-huh. And so I'm just like, somebody said something. They're like, oh, I wasn't here for another white sob story. And I said, oh, who had a sob story? They said, I don't remember. And I was like, oh, I was, I was checking out at that moment. <laughs> yeah. Because I was like, oh, they're about to do their runway and they're going to talk about something, something like yeah. heavy. And I just, it happens mm-hmm. and I don't retain it. <laughs> Right. No. I totally no. understand that. You know what I don't understand is how we had this weird interlude where they just did close-ups on this revolution makeup with this weird music that was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you guys saw that. Did you guys pay attention to that? I, I noticed that it happened yeah. and it's because that's like meant to be the sponsor, but also like the, cause that's one of their prizes is the revolution makeup. Right. And I don't think anyone I know, I've never heard of Re- revolution cosmetics before this show. <laughs> I don't think anyone actually uses it, but it's the same. The sponsor for this episode was, I don't remember when they mentioned it was like barefoot wines. Yes. Barefoot wines. It was, it was yeah. during, um, during snatch game. Yeah. It, which is like one of the cheapest, shittiest wines. Is it actually? Just, that's, yeah. I drink uh, barefoot. Barefoot's a lovely Australian wine that we drink on here. Uh, <laughs> oh um, my I, god! I I love the production quality on this one part of the show where um, RuPaul was asking all the questions for the snatch game stuff, and he was just standing by this one table in the corner, and then they would come up to the table one by one. Yes, like it, 
it didn't seem like he was going around to the tables. No, there was just a table. They all came, they came to RuPaul. Yeah, and this happened on, on the last two seasons as well, and it's because of COVID. It's because Ru can no longer approach them. They have to have a barrier between them. Oh, I guess uh, that's true. Yeah. I just assumed it was another... They're being... I'm sure y'all talked about it last week. We did. But the whole everything being flipped. No, we didn't, but I saw it in Tash Wright's video where she suggested that. They, no, they did. Um, they All their mirrors are on the other side of the room. When they all came in in the workroom in the beginning, they yeah. all went to the left. And yeah. when they sashay away, they walked to their left, so the right. That is... A crazy yeah. detail that I love. Yeah, it's and do you so know a silly. detail that I heard was that in RuPaul's dressing room, she has one of those special <laughs> toilets that that goes the right <laughs> that, way. That goes the right way. The American way. direction. Wait, uh, hold on. Is this a joke? No, it goes <laughs> the other it. way. It goes the no, other I know, way. But, I know, but I believe that RuPaul would do this. <laughs> I don't know. Hillary's definitely making a Simpsons reference. Oh, We're definitely making a Simpsons reference. Oh, I see you played Knifey Spoonie before. All right, listen. <laughs> Speaking of RuPaul doing weird things, is there something about her makeup? I noticed it last week as well, where it feels well, like last season week was one no makeup. makeup. There, that's right. But when she came on the runway, which I think was in this outfit, um, she looks like season three. Rude. They also filter them really aggressively. Like yeah. I do kind of appreciate the lack of budget that went to this, that w- that we got for Canada in which the drag Queens are lit horribly, mm-hmm. horribly, not as bad. Not everybody looks as jaundiced um, on this as they did on Canada's drag race. Mm-hmm. Um, but and then the drag queen, um, the judging panel has that like Vaseline lens bl- blurred out, yeah. like season three, four vibes. Why are we doing this? I like it. I do like it. <laughs> I just it's- like that it's not across the board. I think that's what's really funny is everybody else has that harsh lighting. And then RuPaul <laughs> is like, no, no, no. Just just give me a little Gaussian blur. Give me the filter, please. I mean, um, I think she's looking nice. Her makeup's evolving. It's very bright in the, the center. You know, you got to remember, she's getting older and, you know, she can only have so many facelifts until she turns into a suitcase. So, um, <laughs> carry um, her out of here. I think she's still looking very beautiful considering, you know, her 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 actual age. She's she's She looks hot. She's she gorgeous looks, for 60. She's beautiful. She looks hot. And she's really showing her legs even more, which is which is probably mm-hmm. because at this point they're both wooden, which explains her dancing. Um <laughs> she's, honestly. Uh, she's a Viva Dresher these days. So let's um, do this runway. There was right? also the, the, the gag with last week though that somebody said that because everything's backwards with the left and the right, that RuPaul was actually just in drag from the table down. <laughs> oh my god that's a funny joke i did not hear that <laughs> but yes yeah, so we can do the runway then. oh my god okay so the runway the theme is sea sickening which i think is a great name i love a, a good pun um i first, wanted someone to be seasick like yeah, i wanted that would have been glittery barf that i would i was hoping someone would do something because we did not see a lot of great stuff on this runway First up, we have Art Simone coming out looking like a seaweed monster. Very glamorous. Yeah. I was glamorous. I liked her wig. It looked like one of the ones that Integration makes. That's kind of that like. Yes. It's the Afro texture. So it's like it holds the shape really well. Uh I love this wig. I love the webbed hands and the webbed ears. 
The webbed hands was a great touch for that. Uh-huh. Her like little pointy, her pointy semi blacked out teeth. Yes. Yeah. Pointy teeth. Yes. Yeah, the pointy teeth. Yeah, she looked like a kelp monster, like the the sea, sea seaweed monster, like the that movie, that old movie, what do you call swamp monster, swamp thing, or something? Creature from the big. Black Lagoon. Yeah, it was very like glamour. It's very glam. I loved it. I I thought mm-hmm. this was a total nut. Yeah, uh, this one was definitely a nut, and it felt like a bunch of other the ones we're gonna have following up were trying to do the same look and kind of missed the boat. Yeah, mm-hmm. missed missed the boat. They couldn't get out of the sea. Um, coming mm-hmm. up next, we have Kidamine. Um, Kidamine is giving us a little like she says it's Ursula, but I'm getting frozen. Um, uh, I think it's. Cool. I'm getting sea. I'm getting sea anemone or something because she has these weird tubings coming out all over. Because it's yeah. a very glamorous cut gown again with a paper mache crown or something and a spiky wig. It's still very like that pageant, like underwater pageantry. It's still glamorous, and I'm still gonna nut it because it was cute. But I actually uh, do not. Yeah, I it was it wasn't a bad one. So it's like it's a small it's a small nut. It was kind yeah. of on the same vein as her snatch game, where it wasn't you know massively impressive, but it was a lot nicer than <laughs> what it was compared to. Correct. Up next, we have etc. etc. She took um, it a totally different direction. She went sea diver. Yeah, yeah 23,000 Leagues Under the Sea, and it was really well done. I really yeah. liked this outfit. The she helmet alone. Beautiful. The helmet alone. Yeah. The helmet was made by, um, I found this out this afternoon, by Peach Fuzz, who's a Sydney-based uh, drag queen. Okay. Um, they have, apparently, they've been making headpieces for, um, for the last <laughs> little bit. That's new. Um, but they talked about, they're going to be posting a thing about like how they made it. Nice. And all the different nice. steps, but like that helmet was super fucking cool. It was, and cool. I did appreciate that she had it on again later in the background. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she was just standing <laughs> on the runway with the peephole open. Oh, was he? I, I didn't <laughs> notice that. That's funny. This is um, exactly what I mean about et cetera, et cetera. It's like I want to love you, but mm. <laughs> yeah, uh, she looks super cute. Like I do love this outfit, and I love the hair. Yeah, um, the the color too of the suit was really good. Like the suit was also made by um, Erin Marie Carroll. Her the designer's handle is not so SEW boring. I think most of the outfits that etc is going to wear this season are made by her. Okay, Um, but she like it was well made, and that does not surprise me. They're an excellent seamstress. So I nut this. I nut it. Nut. Um, moving on to Coco Coco Jumbo. Yeah. Coco Jumbo coming out in her, uh, I don't know, black gown, uh, some weird little fabric bits on her arms, beautiful tangled black and white updo hair. The hair is I, stunning. I'm obsessed oh, with the, this hair. the like half dread updo, like her hair was beautiful. Yeah. I got the Ursula reference, but it wasn't good. That Exactly. Exactly. But when we they were like, there's... it's not Ursula, when Melissa was like, it's not Ursula. And I'm like, it is Ursula. And you knew it was Ursula. It was just a not good Ursula. Exactly. That's that it. was yeah. definitely what the dangly bits. I think she was going for the tentacles, and it just—it's like a shame because it, it fit her well. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just—I I almost wonder if, like, because everything else, like the dangly bits and the hair, were so good. I was wondering if—if if this dress was not the one that she wanted to wear with this. Maybe there was some problem with the actual garment. Maybe that it gave like yeah. sometimes like patterns give like rays effects on camera and then just kind of all these lines appear and it's mm-hmm. just not going to work or 
she has beautiful makeup and Co- she Coco's con- face is stunning. Yeah. I just she's one of the most beautiful people I've ever met and just oh. And she can walk a runway. Like she knows how to walk and how to sell it. So I'm not mm-hmm. mad at this. I do cut it because of the dress. Be- because of the dress alone. I have to cut this. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't there for me. It's it's a it's a very regrettable cut, but I also think that this is one of those things that we're going to see a lot throughout the season that we saw in the first episode is mm-hmm. You have the four who have money for designers. Yeah. And a lot of money for designers, like TV show hosts and people with TV deals, and then yeah. and yeah. then the rest. And that's why I'm gonna nut it, because I'm just like, no, this was still glamorous. Like it still met the assignment. Like the hair, I, the hair like, really met the assignment. We need, <laughs> the hair is incredible. We need I don't like this thing on Drag Race where we have the bar so high, we're like expecting people to be on all stars before they're on all stars and come out as Gottmik and a freaking Roomba outfit that cost seven million dollars i mean come on a roomba outfit (laughs) well that that gown she was in it looked like a giant roomba she was just like i hated it um it was too expensive like bring the bar down a little bit she was glamorous this was great nut total nut it was fine it you know all right you nut (sighs) i cut what was yours alice it's it's on that line between cut and nut, and I think it's like a regrettable cut. But like, I want her to wear that wig more often, and I yeah, also just no. want to see Coco's face like on my screen all the time because she's just so stunning and so talented. Like, I, just, yeah. I adore Coco Jumbo. Exactly. Up, up next, we have Anita Wiglet coming out, looking like a siren, giving us a siren. Yeah, I didn't get siren out of this. I, I thought it was like a glamorous giant peplum gown showing off her legs. She seems to like that. And a kind of windblown hair that got crushed in her suitcase. I mean, it looks like it's like <laughs> underwater hair. It's swimming. I guess. I wish it moved. That would have been great. Um, yeah, I don't know how I feel about this. It do, I don't. I don't really love it at all. I genuinely like I liked some of like the bits and the decal around her like corset mm-hmm. but it wasn't sea siren like it was just a pretty showgirl outfit with a few elements the hair I did like it did remind me a bit of like Joe Black's windswept thing so yeah. the, the water that was, swept so like yeah that was good but it wasn't it didn't scream like sea siren to me. No. And like you had that she had this big black skirt, which to me would have been an opportunity to give us like water, to give us like moving moving waves through that skirt. Mm-hmm. And like not in black. Yeah, I didn't understand this look. Uh I think it's gorgeous, but I think it really doesn't meet the requirements. This is a cut, really, for me. It's a cut. I just I'm think it's a nice well. I think it's a nice gown that she has. You know, probably yeah. at her club, and she pulled it out, and she's like, "This works," but it's like, yes. yeah, that's that's how I feel too. It's like it's a cut, not because it's a bad outfit; it's a cut because it's the wrong outfit for this challenge. Yeah, correct. Um, up next, Maxi <laughs> Shield comes out in a pearl moment. How do we? Yeah, feel her about mother this? of pearls. I thought that that was funny. It I like. I quite liked the reference. I liked that it was like mother of the bride pantsuit but pearls like i loved it it was just it was definitely i think she's i don't know her very well and i think she's funnier than i anticipated Uh uh-huh like because that's just like it's the right type of like tongue-in-cheek like gag that i would make yeah she had a concept that nobody else thought of no one else tried to do pearl and 
Uh, I also love the way she sells her runway. And I think she, you're right. She's hilarious. She's campy and I'm down with her. I was just curious if she was going to come out with uh, the reference, you know, is there something on my face? I wanted something on her face. Mm. No, (laughs) No, I'm kidding. I love this outfit. I was so disappointed when the judges said, oh, you need to elevate your look. I was like, are you kidding? Yeah. It's a a pantsuit. The hair is fine. It goes with the look. It's like the mother of the bride. It's crusted in pearls. It's beautiful. Shut up. Yeah. Yeah, shut up, everybody. She's, again, if you remember her out of drag, she does a lot of glam it up for a big old tradie. Like, she really does. She really does. Are you kidding? Like, she was gorgeous. Mm -hmm. I'm going to give it a shot. It's a big nut for me. She is the tradie of the season. (laughs) Yeah. Up next, we have Electra Shock. Cut. So, this looks like. (laughs) Yeah, not. <laughs> this is the one I was referencing when I said that people did the same thing that Art did, but not well. It was right. a Value Village gown and a seafoam green wig, and I'm very disappointed. Like no. I don't expect a lot from her, but I'm like, oh, this is kind of reminding me of um, Tia Tia Coffee on UK, where it's just Fair like enough. I don't know if there's there's more in the look. And yeah. I don't think we're going to get more in the look, but it's like, I need it. I need it for you to be here. She reminds I, me of me in that it's all talent and no style. Yeah. She's very talented. <laughs> How dare you say that? I'm Nikki Nasrallah from 2010, and I have tile, style and talent. Maybe, 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 maybe you don't know shit about drag, drag, Nikki. You don't know shit about drag. Electra <laughs> yeah. really is so, like, she has so much talent, and it's just yeah. like, it's overshadowed by her messy looks and i'm not one for the expensive looks but it's just like they keep missing the mark and for them to cast no uh-huh. no poc from new zealand yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, people yeah. who aren't gonna bring it is killing me so i i think it's really funny though that she always has these fast fashion looks that are from you know dollar tree or aliexpress or something like that <laughs> but she stones them to filth <laughs> Was that like, dress stoned? Is she like it's covered in stones. I did not even. Know oh that. yeah, she's stone. Like she gets these cheap dresses, and it is covered. Take another look. It is so funny. Like for a dress so cheap to have that many stones on it, I'm just so de- depressed. <laughs> I thought it was. I thought it was decals. Like I thought it was like no. Applique's. Those are. They're not like Savrosky, but they're like the the decent they ones. They don't have the, to be exactly mm. like Savrosky. <laughs> But they're nice AB crystals or whatever. They are. Sure. Good job, Electra. Up next, we have Karen from Finance giving us a shark moment. This is amazing. This is. I loved this moment so much. And when she came around the corner, I was like, oh, no, this is stupid. And then 10 seconds later, I was like, this is not stupid. This is so well made. It uh-huh. fit her so well. It was, someone said to me this morning, Ugh, just another jumpsuit. I'm like, that wasn't a jumpsuit. Jumpsuits can be good. I love a cat suit. And that one fit her to perfection. Yeah. And it was well tailored. Yeah. The arms shaped like the fins. The, she gave everything. us two looks. Two looks. The uh, hooded. Uh, two looks. <laughs> the hooded I version. Mean, and then and then the down version makes it. I thought it totally changed it. Oh, when it she did. pulled the hood down, it, it made it look. You noticed how much more glamorous that catsuit was when the hood was down. Yeah. And I liked that it was the cowl. I liked that it was the inside of the mouth red. And when she yes. pulled it down, you saw her beautiful doodad and fandango like fishbone earrings. Beautiful yes. earrings. 
clever, clever. I, I don't know if Edgley was the designer of that outfit, but Edgley makes a lot of her cat suits and a lot of my cat suits, mm-hmm. but like amazing, amazing, yeah. amazing outfit. Like this, that's definitely. This is camp fashion. This is, mm-hmm. this is what Rosé thinks she is. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't go that high up, um, but I would not nearly give it that much credit, but this is definitely, she has an aesthetic and she knows how to stick to it. And it suits her. And I like yeah. this look a lot more than I liked her messy straight girl look from last week. Right. Well, Karen is definitely bringing runways. She knows her aesthetic. It's super mm-hmm. camp. It's super well put together. So mm-hmm. far, she's a total nut on the runway for me in general. Just her outfits are killing me. Um, nut. Up next, we have Scarlett Adams. Speaking uh, of fashion, here comes the fashion girl talking about fashion, fashion, fashion. And I just don't see fashion. I see costumes. I see showgirl. I see Vegas. And this is a beautiful, like, I mean, coral reef showgirl Vegas moment. Like asymmetrical suit with the boot uh, applique Mm -hmm. and the thing. And like a backpack with coral bits on it. I didn't even catch that it was coral. I just thought this looks like an expensive burlesque costume. What? Like what I didn't. Is... I thought it was an expensive burlesque costume. Like yeah. it really didn't, or like showgirl. It didn't. I didn't catch that it was coral. It's the wrong colors. Like if you're gonna go for that moment, and those shapes actually look like coral, please. Mm-hmm. Right. It was more like the metallic colors, metallic red, blue, green kind of thing. Flashy. It was very flashy and tacky. I'm uh, I'm glad to give uh, an immediate cut to someone just flaunting that they have money. And mm. not meeting it because it's like I just didn't do it for me. I don't yeah. know what the colors are of the core of the Great Barrier Reef. Um, I it's I, multicolor I like, and and I mostly like at this point at. it's gray. At mostly at this point it's gray. So right, that, I mean there is that. <laughs> anyway, yeah. it's not to bring down the mood of the room, but it's every color. It's well, she so said it on the runway. She said that it's like it's the Great Barrier Reef, which is one of the great natural, we're one of the seven wonders of the world, and we're losing it because of uh, climate change. So, yeah. it's my fault for not listening when she talks, but she opens her <laughs> mouth, and I very much am just like, I don't like that you're here, and I respect that. I absolutely respect that. So I mean, I have to nut this look because it's on it's on assignment. It's a nice look. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think it's crazy good. I'm so confused about her aesthetic because I'm like, I'm just not seeing fashion. You're not a fashion. No, because it's it's showgirl. She yeah. she was until recently stripped of her. This like two weeks before it airs, she was one of the winners of Miss Burlesque Australia, and her <gasps> title got taken away from her. Um, Why did it get taken away? Because of of all the stuff the that came out about yeah. her. <gasps> cool. Yeah. <laughs> what a world we live in that um, Miss Burlesque Australia can lose her title. <laughs> I love it. I'm here for it. Yeah. And so, but that's very much, it's that realm. She she does showgirl performances. That's yeah. what she's known for. And that's the world. Like a lot of those, even when she entered the room, there were people who didn't know who she was. Mm-hmm. And that's because she does drag in the burlesque world as opposed to mm-hmm. like, she does drag shows, but she's not known. That's not what she travels doing. Right. Yeah. She's a yeah. I like that. She's a pole um, dancer. I've seen now, a lot of pictures on Instagram of her dancing around in her little underwear on a pole and stuff like that. So. Oh, good. I hope yeah. she has fun doing that. Um, <laughs> in prison. In we, prison. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yeah. We in have, prison. 
we have a winner, and the winner hands down. They don't even go into tops and bottoms. Like, Anita, you won. $5,000 That brought me this joy where it was like, Anita, step forward, hands down, you're the winner. Yeah. That, like, I definitely gave, like, a nice clap at my computer. Yeah. Because I was like, I would not have thought that someone being the Queen of England was going to win that game. Yeah. we are. And, you know, I also having followed Anita's career, I wasn't sure that she was going to be like the hands down winner of Snatch Game, but uh-huh. she pulled it out and I loved it. She killed it. And then her friend Kita, Mean, and et cetera, et cetera, they were safe and everybody else was in the bottom, which I love. I have I- thoughts about that. I think either Maxi should have been safe along with them yeah. or all of them should have been in the bottom. It was that weird putting those two just a step above Maxi that didn't uh-huh. make sense because all three of their snatch games were on par in terms of like funniness where they didn't really do anything that hilarious, but they got like at least one chuckle out of everybody. Right. And their outfits were all like pretty decent. Like et cetera had the best outfit of the three of them in terms of what the judges wanted, but it was just like, I think all in the bottom, or at least Maxi bumped up to safe because Maxi's yeah. snatch game was also great. I'm so. I'm I'm kind of glad though because then Maxi gets some feedback and that's um, a thing. yeah. But that's why I think they all should have gotten it. Yeah, like they all should have gotten in that bottom and gotten mm-hmm. some feedback on something. And Electra gets feedback because God, we know she needs it with stepping things up a bit. <laughs> she yeah. does second week in a row in the bottom. Um, however, they all go backstage for Untucked. And again, we don't ever see the safe girls chit chat. So we didn't get that. But everybody came back and we're like, hey, we're all on the bottom. And then Jenny Minogue showed up on a desktop, not even on the TV. She showed up on a desktop. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you think it was Danny, Danny Minogue? Because Kylie wasn't available for a second. No, Danny, Danny's fucking huge in Australia. Yeah, I was going to say Danny is like, she's not Kylie level big, but Danny's big. In Australia. Yes. Yeah. And this is a show that's funded. (laughs) Yeah. Or I mean, like, I know her one song, Put the Needle on It. So Put the Needle on It. They did the little. (laughs) She sings her, um, that, the Christmas version of It's 100 Degrees with her sister. So. Yes. I love performing that song every Christmas. It's a disco tune. (laughs) Um, yeah. So we have our bottom two and it's. Coco Jumbo and Art Simone. How do we feel about this bottom two? It, makes it feels correct. Sense. Yeah. Like that's, I, I kind of like mathed it out to someone who didn't understand why like Karen wasn't in the bottom for having like such a good outfit, but then a bad snatch game. And uh-huh. I think it's because Art drew so much attention with her like drawn out thing where it wasn't just like, oh, this is a cruddy impersonation, but it was like, you're just deeply unfunny and it's unfortunate. Yeah. And then Coco was a miss, sadly, on both things. So, like, I knew she was in the bottom. I don't want to see her in the bottom. No. I mean, I think the big miss was the fact that they had to lip sync to RuPaul's I'm That Bitch. What a what horrible... A awful song that goes nowhere. Horrible song. That they both didn't know the words to. I don't know if you caught that they just started, like, doing the backup chorus because <laughs> there's just so much nonsense going on. Like, nobody did, like, a quirky anything with, like, the repeated Bs for bitch. Right. And I think that would have, like, and surprising that Art didn't because Art does a lot of these, like, weird kind of funny, goofy lip syncs. Uh-huh. That I, ha- I, I like, have a... F- I- 
Well, I have a but, feeling that it, this wasn't the song. This was, I think maybe like the rights to Kylie's song fell through at the last minute or something. Well, so this show isn't funded by World of Wonder. This yeah. show is funded oh. by Stan, which is like Australia's version of Crave. So oh, okay. there's a lot of talk about, is this a budget issue? And like maybe not having to pay the rights for a RuPaul song. Right, um, yeah. But it's very much felt like that first episode of Drag Race Thailand season two, where they had to sing, where they had to lip sync a RuPaul song. Yes, and they didn't know the words because it was like an English song, and it was the two speakers who don't speak English. Two English, yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Well, That's they what, both what did. Didn't... You, what did you think of this lip sync? I thought they both really turned it. I thought it was really unfortunate that art was in the gown she was just moving in that thing i mean i wouldn't say they both turned it i think they both did a great job in the face but in terms of like their bodies i didn't get a lot of performance out of either of them but in a Coco gown. knows how to move but i think the issue with that is the song yeah like it's hard to find the rhythm in that song because i could see all the moves she was trying to pull yeah but the the sad thing is the moment that i saw that it was the two of them in the bottom, I was like, Art is going home. Because I've uh-huh. seen Coco, I've seen Art lip sync, they're both phenomenal lip syncers, but Coco is more of like a mover and a dancer than yeah. Art is. And Art does a lot of like the choreographed, like group movements and then right. like very funny numbers. Right. Um, and I, I was like, is it going to be a Kylie song? Because like, that would have been, I think, an even playing field for both of them. Yeah. Or even a Danny song. They could have done Put the Needle on it. They have the money for that. The song that they chose is very underwhelming. There's no beat. To, like, there was no, like, at least do the season 12 version. I, <laughs> like, the, yeah, the one with all know. the season 12 girls. I don't know what you guys get from this this song, but whenever I'm hearing, I'm, I'm, I'm that bitch. I'm just like smacking my ass or something. It's like, I'm, I'm, I'm that bitch. And like, it just feels like you're just smacking your ass all the time. And let's face it, Coco had her butt out and she could smack her ass. And that that wins the, the song for me. I, I, it was Hillary's so upset that she didn't smack her ass. Um, yeah. We, we... I want Coco to smack my ass, so. <laughs> <laughs> now we lose Art Simone. She's very upset. She cries a lot. This was the most dramatic moment ever. Are you kidding? This is the most dramatic. This is like Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, Tu Wong Fu, you know, shenanigans where the producer says to 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 Art, oh, but you were here. And she's like, that means nothing. <laughs> that, oh my God. Died, but also I had to explain to somebody that she genuinely believes that she's not going to live it down and I unfortunately feel for her that there are a bunch of people who are going to lord this over her because if you go in a pecking order sense Uh like she's at the top of it and so there are people who are going to try to be like well she didn't even do this and everyone's shock at her being sent home was not like we're shocked Coco won it was very much like Tainomi being sent home where everyone was like but wait, how you are the drag queen who's the famous one, who's the one to beat. Yeah. And you're gone home and it's episode two. So like her react, the sobbing caught me off guard, but it also like removed any of a semblance of some feud that they were trying to set up between her and Karen, because even Karen was like concerned for her in that moment. Yeah. 
And it's like, because, yeah, they are friends. <laughs> like, it was weird. So a few people I know were posting being like, I've never cried over a drag race thing before. And I was like, this is what made you cry? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't because cry. I didn't cry. I felt, I felt that she genuinely was, like, concerned. But I do love my favorite moment of it is, like... <laughs> Was the saws bitch? The what? <laughs> when, um, when she when Coco wins and she's told the Shanta you say, and she turns and looks at her and she goes saws bitch, which is sorry. And I was like, oh, that's so. It made me laugh because I was like, oh, like you're like, well, you know, it is what it is, and I definitely beat you. Yeah. And uh, it was just like a good jab for a moment that I knew a meltdown was coming. Oh my god. It was epic. It was one of the best moments because so often the queens are so composed. They walk out, they're like, thank you so much. I'm bringing joy into the world. But this was just right back into the 90s where Tu Wong Fu and it's just like, I can't stand you. Ah! And I loved it. I loved every minute of it. I like seeing the real emotion. I also like that she flipped them off when she walked off. Yes. There's the... um, there's the their Instagram that's the person who's making all the videos of art where they're doing a translation of what she's what this it means. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm not here to fuck spires, I'm not here to fuck around in this one when she said like I may have lost um but I still have my hymen. Someone said it was like I may have lost, but you can all get fucked, you cunts. Yeah. No, it's true. <laughs> that's what it is. It's like the Irish uh, saying, "May the grass grow before your door." You know, it's like, I hope you die because the grass is going to grow before your door. Like, it's oh. just that subtle shade that is so evil and delicious. I love it. Oh, I like poor it. art. I mean, I'm disappointed she's gone just because like she had some entertaining talking heads and I like her as a performer. Yeah. And I thought if something was going to send her home, I don't think I thought it was going to be this. I thought it was going to be something like a design challenge, uh-huh. like a sewing thing, because like she gets her costumes made. Right. Mm-hmm. Which like, I was hoping to see more of. I wanted to see more of her runways. We're going to miss those. Yeah. It's a, a lot of, a lot of money spent. <laughs> we're, yeah. We're missing out on, but she are, she has a world of wonder show. Like she's got a career. She has a world of wonder <laughs> show. Yeah. It's called highway to heal. Yeah. When did that start? Uh, last year. Mm-hmm. She's had it for a year. Yeah, she. It's her um, driving to gigs in her tiny blue car with like drag guests, and they're like Australian like drag performers, oh. and they're not all like huge names. Like she did a really good job with who they had. Asia Buffet, um, amazing uh, trans woman drag queen. They had Dazzin Key for these like breakdancing drag king duo, and they cool. just go on these car rides and she gives them like stupid tasks to do while they're like driving to a gig uh-huh. and there's like five or six episodes it's cute oh shit she, already, she already has this show and right. it's very like art being super australian and i guess having a world of wonder show made people also think well this person's gonna go all the way because world of wonder already favors her but nope she's out second yeah. And next week, we have a girl group challenge, which we're very excited about. We're going to have Tash Riot as our guest for that one. Nice. Our Australian singing diva. Perfect for that episode. Weird Alice, thank you so much for joining us today. Where can they find you on the internet? You can find me on Instagram at I don't get weird drag. 
and that's my that's my main one to find me or there's um for the series that i host um once a month called drag me to the movies there's a a very minimally used instagram for that which is at drag me to the movies perfect that's me and that's where i'm found go follow those accounts follow squirrel talk podcast on instagram follow selena vile there's no i in team there's no i in selena vile and follow Mm -hmm. Hillary. Hillary. Yes. Yes. And Nikki Nasrallah on Instagram, where I do <laughs> um, Carly Rae Jepsen every day, every day of the week. No more. And yeah. Follow Hillary. Yes. Thank you so much for listening, Squirrels. It's been such an honor to chat with you, Weird Alice. Yes. Thank um, you for having me you once are again. An, you're an icon. So, such a pleasure. We love you. We'll see you next week. Goodbye now. Bye. Have a nice week. And remember, I don't have anything to say. Goodbye. Goodbye now. Let's drink out of a This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. 